from San Diego, California. This is a One Extraordinary Marriage Show. We're being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663 or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. In today's show, we're talking about being able to speak your spouse's love language, especially when it's different from yours. And there's a quote that's attributed to Anonymous that says, we assume that others show love in the same way that we do. And if they don't, we worry the love isn't there. That's really, really good. It is really good. And it's really what we're talking about today. But first, we start each One Extraordinary Marriage show with a hug. And a hug is an opportunity for you to hear from someone else in the one family whose marriage has had transformation or breakthrough. And this week's hug is sponsored by Bolster Sleep Company. And we're going to be sharing more about how Bolster is changing marriages one bed at a time a little bit later in the show. And this hug comes from an Instagram message we received after the one conference in Kenosha. It said, good morning, good people. My wife and I attended the conference. We've been married for seven years and we have a daughter together and three sons from my previous marriage. Mm. We were really blessed by the content of the conference. Since we are out of state on the drive home, we had a chance to talk. Normally, we'd report about our day or discuss world events or just things. Yesterday, we talked about the most important thing in the world to me, us. Surprisingly, she initiated the talk. She was open and transparent. This person that I knew was in there was talking and being transparent and asking for forgiveness and just being so beautiful. In those moments, I had two options. I could forgive or I could lash out. I could finally say, I told you so, you were wrong. Or I could emotionally cuddle my wife. It was so important for us to hear your message at the same time. Some moments spoke to her and some to me, but we were both deeply impacted. Long story short, I decided correctly. I listened, I loved, and I agreed to set it on a journey of love again with my wife. Mm. Please keep doing what you're doing with the same honesty and transparency in your lives, for it is reaching real people with real hurt and real hearts, providing real solutions. Love you both with the love of God. Oh, love it. And what an amazing event we had. Man, the One Marriage Conference was off the charts for Elisa and I to see you guys, Mm -hmm. to see the one family. And if you haven't been to one of our events, believe me, we have more coming up in 2020. You can always check the page oneliveevents.com for what's coming up. But we are going gangbuster in 2020. We are, we're already planning it out. It's going to be a whole new thing. Mm -hmm. So if you've already come to one, you don't want to miss the next one. But it truly for Elisa and I, it's like we get to hug you. Like a hug is really the reason we we started hugs is because we love hugging you guys and at an event when we get to see you and see breakthrough happen and give you a hug and love on you to us there's no greater joy and so thank you for all of you who did attend and for all of you who are going to attend Mm -hmm. we can't wait to see you in the future 
And I just want to say a great big welcome to all our brand new listeners. Yes. Because I'm sure coming out of the conference and just we know how you all share the podcast, that there are people that have never listened to a One Extraordinary Marriage show and you're tuning in for the first time. And we just want to extend a huge welcome to all of you. And as Tony said at the beginning of the show, we are talking about love languages this week. And, you know, we've talked about them kind of in general over the years, but we've never done a show directly about them and Mm -hmm. their tie in to marriage. And I know a lot of you listening are familiar with the book, The Five Love Languages by Dr. Jerry, Dr. Gary Chapman, trying to put that all into one word there. And if you haven't, we're going to put a link to the book um, in the show notes. But according to Dr. Chapman, your love language is the primary way that you express and experience love. And he's identified five love languages, and they are acts of service, words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, and gifts. Mm -hmm. And you can have different combinations of those, but generally speaking, most people have one or two that are, that are the primary. Mm -hmm. And he's got a great online quiz. We'll also put a link to that, that you can just do it super fast and find out what your love language is and what your spouse's love language is. But the idea for this particular show actually came out of one of the questions that was asked at the one conference when we were there at Journey Church in Kenosha earlier this month. And the question was, during our 13-year marriage, finances have often caused a lot of struggles in our relationship. My love language is gifts, and my husband has often used our finances to excuse him from any bigger acts of giving. This has often caused me to deal with resentment towards him and feelings that I'm not worth it. Many gifts have been promised, but none have actually been filled. How do we remedy this problem? And it was interesting because I saw that question and, you know, we get, you know, hundreds of questions at conferences like this, so we can't get to all of them. But I thought, you know what, we need to talk about love languages on the show because we haven't done it before. People know what they are, but whether we're talking about the love language of gifts or we're talking about touch or we're talking about any of the love languages, it really could come back to this question. And I think this is a great question because it really does play into the the financial intimacy Mm -hmm. and how do we, how are we dealing with our financial intimacy? And yet I have this love language of gifts and how do those combine? Because as she said, she, they're watching those, but then her husband sort of has abdicated himself going, well, the reason I can't give you gifts is because of our budget and it's our financial intimacy. And so they all play together. It's, it's in a pot and it's all mixed together. So how, do, how does it get interwined or interwoven. interwoven? And then how do we deal with that? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, the fact of the matter is, is that it's hard. It's hard for you to speak a language that doesn't come naturally to you or maybe one that you've never seen modeled, or one that's on the bottom of your list. But the reality is, is that we have to learn, as, as individuals, we have to learn how to love our spouse in the way that they receive love, not the way we want to love them. And, and it, it, it's been a challenge in our marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, when Tony and I first, I was probably, I was thinking about this the other day, we probably found out about love languages, what, about 10 years, 12 years into our marriage, give or take. Wow. I, I honestly, I don't know to tell you the truth, hon. I, I can't recall. I remember us definitely getting the book. Mm-hmm. It, it was definitely on the upside of when we decided to really start making the change in our marriage. Like we, we definitely had had the, had done the 60 days of sex challenge. And it was in that time frame after that, that we picked up the book. So probably somewhere around 12, 13, you know, years and, and, you know, we're coming up here on year 23. Um, you know, and when we did that, what came out of it was that 
my primary love language is words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. And Tony's primary love language is acts of service. Mm-hmm. And physical touch and would physical be the touch. second touch. Yeah, they, they kind of, you know, sometimes go back and forth. And, you know, it was really interesting because, you know, when I saw that Tony's love language was acts of service, I probably puffed up my chest and said, hey, no problem. I've got this. You know, most weeks I get the laundry done. This was before the teenagers started producing laundry like nobody's business. You know, most weeks I could, you know, I, I would shuttle the kids around. I'd take care of making appointments. I would do all of these things. And I'm thinking, why does he not feel loved? What's, what is his problem? Right. I mean, seriously, that was my attitude. Cause I'm just mm-hmm. thinking I, I got this. And so we have this conversation around acts of service. And I was like, yeah, those things do nothing for me. And you probably had to pick my jaw up off the ground when he said that. Cause I'm like, dude, I'm totally serving you. Mm-hmm. What's the problem? What's the problem? And the problem was, is that, and this is what's so key here. You have to know what specific actions mm-hmm. in your spouse's love language actually speak to their heart. And so I learned in that moment that there were specific actions that Tony wanted me to do that would say, I love you. Yeah. A lot of it was it, it, minor stuff, really. You know, it's like the sink, the bathroom sink being cleaned, like not having hair all over the bathroom sink. And this was back in the day when we we had a, a pretty small bathroom. We, we shared one sink and I mean just her picking up her own hair was like an act of service to me which was like oh my gosh she cares enough that that is cleaned up so it was really like minor things that she could do and it wasn't like the big stuff it wasn't the grandioso like laundry or or dishes or things of that nature it was, it was really almost the smaller things where we were more in line with each other or close to each other. So for instance, our, our bedroom, just that being picked up meant tons to me. And and Elisa is a piler. She still piles in her office and there's stuff in the house that doesn't bother me for some reason. And yet if it's in our bedroom, it can just be like an irritation. So on the other side of it though, Elisa's is words of affirmation. And for the longest time, that wasn't me either. I didn't know how to, you would think that, oh, Tony, that must have been really simple for you, but it wasn't. I didn't know how to express that. I didn't know what it looked like for Elisa. And so we had to learn that. And I had to learn that. Like, what does that look like? And over the years, I've become someone who can can use my words to affirm her. I, I really, I've done... Um, What's the the skills test? Um, strength finders. The strength finders, and one of my top fives is an encourager. Now I've I've come to realize that, and that's changed over the years. In all honesty, but I am an encourager, and I've I've learned that my words have power, not just for Elisa, but for others. And so I've practiced that skill. Mm-hmm. I've practiced that skill over the years to become somebody who can use my words to affirm Elisa and to raise her up. If you don't believe the power of that, um, listen to episode 338, which is Beautiful Wife. And that is where the power of Tony's words over all these years has changed how I see myself. But it's interesting. And I'll put a link to that one in the episode notes here. Perfect. Uh, What I was going to say is it's interesting because in Dr. Chapman's research, he found that, you know, kind of in the, the general population, 
the love languages are pretty evenly distributed. Words of affirmation comes in about 23%. Quality time, acts of service, physical touch are all in there at 19 and 20%. And then receiving gifts comes in at 18%. Okay. So that's, that's sort of his distribution when he looks at, you know, the population at large. In the one family, we actually asked you guys, because I was curious. I'm like, what, what happens with us? right? The one family, all of you that, that tune in and, and follow us on Instagram and, and do all of these different things. In the one family, here's the distribution. Time, so quality time, comes in at 29%. Okay. Touch at 28. Oh, acts wow. of service at 20. Words, 19. And gifts, 4%. Wow. Yeah. Looks vastly different. And, it, and it's neat to see, this is why we ask you guys questions on Instagram, because we want to know what it looks like in the one family. And that's a huge difference because time uh, with Chapman's research was 20%, but with the one family, 9% higher at 29%. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's really amazing to see. And interesting. And, and I don't, I don't think it's interesting because I believe Many of you have come to listen to the One Extraordinary Marriage Show because we talk about sex. Mm-hmm. And where Chapman's shows touches at 19%, we hear at 28%, just a touch under time. So, and, and I do believe that's because we are willing to talk about sexual intimacy between a couple, healthy sexual intimacy between a couple. Absolutely. And you know, what we've seen in our own marriage and, you know, we hear about love. I hear about love languages specifically when I'm coaching couples, but we also hear about it when Mm -hmm. we do the one conference is that there's this incredible struggle, almost a power struggle in marriage when the two of you don't speak the same language and you don't know how to love your spouse in their language. And you struggle with wanting it to be genuine Mm -hmm. or getting it right, or even just remembering to do it because it's not natural. Yeah. Because it's not your love language. Mm -hmm. So it's very easy to, um, impress upon your spouse or express your love to them in the way that you love to be loved. So say, and I'm going to just use physical touch because I think physical touch is, is right up there for the one family and one that I can relate to. So mine being one of my top two is physical touch. It's easy for me to touch Elisa. It's easy for me to grab her affectionately, to hug her, to want to kiss her, to want to cuddle with her, to want to just be close to her because that's mine. And yet it's not really filling her love tank at all because she's just like, great, you're touching me. I I get it. But really it's almost an adverse effect because in her mind, she's like, great, you're touching me. You're getting all of that that you need Mm. to fill your love tank, and yet I'm not getting anything. And so she can get withdrawn, which has happened. She can get frustrated. She can lash out, which has happened, because she's like, great, and yet you're not talking to me. I need you to to love on me and, and lift me up and raise me up with your words, not by touching me. It's almost as if... It's almost as if one of you is speaking Russian and the other is speaking Spanish, right? When, when you've got your own languages, right? And you're trying to have a conversation and there's no translator. In between. In you. between. You haven't said, yeah, you know what? I'm going to Russia. I'm going to learn how to speak Russian to at least be able to, you know, communicate, find the bathroom or I'm going to, I'm going to speak Spanish to at least be able to, you know, ask for, you know, dinner. You're just like, no, I'm in my, uh, I'm in your country, but I'm going to speak my language. And you wonder why you're not getting somewhere or, or you struggle with the fact that 
that you think you're loving your spouse the way they want to be loved, but it feels like it's a moving target. Or for some of you, you said that, that the love language only gets spoken when sex is the goal. Mm. I remember saying that to Tony. You only touch me when you want to have sex. That was before we did the 60 days of sex challenge. Or maybe it never seems to happen because there are excuses like, like in the question, you know, we don't have the money. Or, and I've said this, I've told Tony flat out, well, that's not who I am. I'm not a touchy-feely person. And that's, a, that's just a flat out lie. If you've seen me at a one conference, if you've seen me around my girlfriends, if you've seen me with my kids, I am a hugger. I will touch. I will reach out to people. So why am I not doing it when he needs it? Right? Or you've even said, I don't understand your love language. Like, I don't understand why that's important to you. Or or my favorite, and I've said this too, it just doesn't feel natural to me. Mm -hmm. So if it doesn't feel natural, I'm not going to do it. And yet we need to stop I'm getting a little, I am sort of standing on my soapbox today. We need to stop and remember that loving our spouse is supposed to be about what makes them feel loved, not about how we want to love them. Say that again. Oh, shoot. I forgot exactly how I just, like it came out. Okay. Basically, you got to love them the way they want to be loved, not the way that we want to love them. I think I just paraphrased it, Mm -hmm. but good enough. No, 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 because it, because that's a very big distinction that we all have to understand. We, we have to stop taking the easy way out, right? Because it's, it's easy for me to love Tony and, and to speak words into him. And don't get me wrong. He enjoys hearing, you know what? You're an awesome provider. I think you're handsome. You know, thank you for all you do for us. You can just tell me that all the time. Just like you're, he, you're he, just the, the best husband ever. You're sexy. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not going to shy away from those. He's not going to say Definitely. no. But if I come up and plant a great big kiss on him, there's a reason you will always have a kissing picture at the end of a one conference. It's because there's photographic evidence that I do kiss Tony. But if I come up and, and kiss him or just grab him and just pull him into my arms, mm-hmm. like that could be three days worth of me talking to him yeah. because of the impact, because that's how he receives love. And even for Elisa, I would even say the slightest, one of, one of the, the biggest for me, when she shows um, my love language, when she when she's expressing my love language, is when she can, in her own in her own ability, driving down the road, lifts up her left arm, lifts up her left hand, and just moves it and puts it on my knee. It's the most simple thing I'm telling you, and we've had this conversation so many times, and I and I've told her I'm like that simple act of touch, honestly sends like goosebumps up and down my body because it's, it's, it's subtle. And yet it, it reminds me and it lets me know that she sees me and that she knows that I'm there. And that's one of the biggest things about loving your spouse and their love language. It's a validation of who they are and that you see them and recognize them as the individual that God has gifted you with. Right When we choose to love them in our love language, the way we want to be loved, it's all about us. This is about me. This is how I'm going to love you. When you create that shift and say, I'm going to step out of what's comfortable, what's natural, what I think I can do, and I'm going to love you in your love language. And yes, sometimes you actually have to go through that process. You say, you are so important that I will step out and do what's not natural to me to show you that I love you. And so here's the thing though. And here's the caveat. We live in real lives. This, is, this isn't like something that we just make up and it looks perfect. 
Do do we mess up? Heck yeah. Are are you gonna stumble a little bit for sure? But do you give up? No. Do you do you begin to open up emotionally? Do you do you dive into your emotional intimacy and go, hey, you know, when this works, when you do this, that's what lights me up. Mm-hmm. And you may have to have that conversation multiple times. What I will say though, for the spouse who's receiving that, do not shut down. Do not explode because either you know you're you're a volcano or you're a iceberg. Iceberg, right? So you so you sort of shut down and you're you're underneath the the, the surface there. But take it. Mm-hmm. Take it and, and, and listen, because it's so easy for us to hear our spouse say something like that and just want to light up and just want to take them out. And a lot of times we just need to listen to understand what's happening instead of reacting all the time. And when it comes to our, our love languages, I've seen it so many times that couples just react and react and react that they don't get to learn anymore because it's, it's, it's an ebb and a flow. We're in a dance, you guys. This marriage is a dance. And just because I say, hey, my love language is physical touch, that can mean a thousand different things. And so we have to dance and we have to talk and we have to understand one another to really start to hone in on what does that physical touch really mean? And for Elisa, what does it really mean to have words of affirmation? Mm -hmm. Because the words that I think may lift her up and encourage her and affirm her as a wife and a woman may not. And so we have to do this dance to understand where it really is. And even once we get there, we have to still dance and remind ourselves that, man, have I said those words recently? Have I, have I given a gift to my spouse recently? Have I spent time with my spouse recently? And this is where that shift happens. And we want to talk about creating that shift in your marriage. But first we want to thank this week's sponsor and that's Bolster Sleep Company. And Bolster is a company that is dedicated to helping you sleep well so you can live your life more fully. And I love that Bolster believes that when people are really rested, that they can invest in what they're passionate about. And that's family, community, or like I'm just going to go out and call it your marriage. Yes. You have a lot more energy for your marriage when you are well rested. Bolster's premium hybrid mattresses combine real springs with a mid-layer of cooling foam for a much cooler sleeping experience. And I will tell you, after sleeping in hotels and sleeping on all different kinds of beds, there was nothing like coming back home to our Bolster bed and just being in that with the cooling foam. I'm telling you, I didn't think that was going to make such a difference. But every time I lay down, I'm like, ah. I just sleep better in that bed. And I mean, I get such a good night of sleep. Um, there's nothing, there's nothing better than having that well-rested feeling when you wake up in the morning. Absolutely. And the bolster beds are made and manufactured in the USA with eco-friendly materials. Delivery is free and everyone has a hundred day in-home trial. So go to bolstersleep.com slash one to receive 10% off your entire purchase. Don't waste another night tossing and turning or sweating on opposite sides of the bed, waking up every time your spouse moves. Go to bolstersleep.com slash one and get your 10% off. Your body and your marriage will thank you. So let's say you've read the book or mm-hmm. maybe you've taken the quiz and you know your spouse's love language. And, and whether it's the same as yours or not, these strategies are going to work. And, and you sit down and you have a conversation. How do your love languages differ? Right? What does that look like? What do you have, number one? What do you have, number five? Where are the similarities? Mm-hmm. And I would, I would encourage you to ask the question, what insights 
does this give you into your marriage dynamic and how things have been so far in your marriage? It's amazing when you know what your spouse's love language is, when you look at it and you can look back and you can say, ah, this is why we've had some tension. This is why we've had some struggles Mm -hmm. in our marriage because this, you know, gifts is really important to you and gifts doesn't even register for me. Right. Or touch is really important to you and, and I could care less. But you have to, besides understanding the dynamic, you then have to ask the question. And this, this is the question for the show. How can I love you in your love language? And, and I just want to answer the question that started this entire episode mm-hmm. was around finances and gifts. So how can I love you in your love language? And in this regard, if you are a gifts person and yet you are sticking to your cash flow plan, your budget, you know, you got envelopes. The way I would look at this is what's your limit? Mm-hmm. What's that upper limit? So for you, 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 you shared with us that, Hey, he won't buy anything big. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Is big a thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars, a hundred dollars, or as big a hundred dollars, right? And so, how can I love you in your love language? The way you can love me, honey, is a big gift of a hundred dollar, of a hundred dollars. That speaks to me. Mm-hmm. Boom, and there you go. Because you put some parameters around it that allows your spouse to go. Got it. Now I understand, but they don't know that. And so with that, with that understanding, now your spouse can go out there and spend that. And again, it could be a hundred, five, 10, 20. I don't know. That's up to you guys to determine yourselves. And you have to be specific when you get asked this question, right? Because so easy, it's so easy for us to say, well, well, I mean, you know, if it's physical touch or time, spend time with me. Well, for a person whose love language is not quality time, spending time with me is like, I, I don't. I don't know what to do with that. Does that mean we sit on the couch? Does that mean I don't have my phone? Does that, you have to be specific. And that's the thing that really you need to, you can read the love, the five love languages and you can pick out, you can do the quiz and you can know what it is. And yet what we've learned over time for ourselves, talking to other couples, what's it for you? Mm -hmm. You got to get specific. And again, it may take you guys some time to get there. What is it for, for touch? It could be a touch on the arm, a touch on the knee. It could be a hug. It could be a kiss. It could be a pat on the butt. I don't know. For some, like one of the pastors from Kenosha, when we were at, at Journey Church was rubbing my hair. That, that, like that would never, for me, that wouldn't be something that would turn me on. In, in, and I'm a physical touch guy. You know, words of affirmation. What are those words? Mm-hmm. For Elisa and I, when we when we were speaking, when I when I hit on beautiful wife, there was something there that just lit her up. She couldn't express it, and I remember early on she couldn't express it, but I could see the the, the twinkle in her eye and, and the smile come across her face. So I knew we were on to something. Over time, as we began to speak, she was able to express that. She's like, y- y- "You didn't." In the way it would come up would be, I would introduce her after saying, Hey, this is my beautiful wife, Elisa. And there would be times when I wouldn't say that I'd be like, Hey, this is my wife, Elisa. And she would turn to me and be like, you didn't say you're beautiful. wife." I'm like, Oh, okay. I got it. You know, acts of service. Elisa gave you a great example of what looked at what it looked like for us. And yet just the simple act of cleaning the hair off 
of the bathroom sink, that was huge. That was the, the switch, the, 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 the changing that really was like, oh, now she understands where I come from in a place of acts of service. And when you get that information from your spouse, I'm going to tell you, go be like Nike and just do it. Just do it. Don't get, don't make it complicated. Is it going to feel awkward for some of you? Sure. Is it going to feel contrived the first couple of times you do it? Possibly. Sure. Are you going to have to put a reminder on your phone to do it? Are you going to have to actually connect the dots? Like I do sometimes in the car, like Tony will tell me, I can see your brain thinking you need to do this. Yes. But here's the thing. It's not about you. It is about how you demonstrate to your spouse. I see you. I love you. You're important. And I value you. And there's nothing more important than we can demonstrate to our spouse than all of that. So you've got to love them in their love language and not your own. Yeah. So go out there this week, you guys. Love languages are big. So if you don't know it, go learn it. If you do know it, start to think, sit back down and go, what would it look like if my spouse did this? And then go out there and share that with them. And then have the conversation together because that's where the breakthrough will begin to happen. And here's the thing, like we said already in this episode, you got to continue to do it even when it doesn't work sometimes, even when it doesn't feel like you're doing it exactly the way you're supposed to extend grace to one another because really what you're doing is you're working towards an extraordinary marriage. And with that means you're going to get up every single time. Something may not go just right, but when it does go right, you are going to know it and you're going to just stick to that. And you just keep on going and you just keep on going because you can love one another. Even if you have different love languages, we love you guys. We're excited for you as you dive into your love language this week. Love you guys. Have a fantastic week and we will catch you next week. Love you guys. 